Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Super Bowl 57 is set. Chiefs and Eagles. If you want to place a bet on any of the action, which team you think is going to win? Is there some juicy player prop bets? BetOnline.ag is the place to do it. 365, 24-7, regardless on what sports you want to bet on, make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. Head over to the website today. Use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Super Bowl 57 is here. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion, 12-year veteran, and Pittsburgh Steelers scout, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, we're going to talk some Super Bowl today. Very excited to talk with you. We do have some Steelers news, though, ahead of the big game. Brian Flores heading over to Minnesota. A.J. Green, the Bengals' great receiver, retiring after 12 years in the league. A lot to discuss on today's show. We'll start with the Flores news. But first and foremost, how are you doing this morning, my man? I'm good. Mark, how are you doing? Doing all right. The fire alarm testing appears to be done uh, within right. my apartment. So I think we're going to be okay during this recording. I hope we're not interrupted by the fire alarm going off, but I think we're okay. But let's start yeah. with Flores. Uh, I, it was a luxury having him. For one season as a Steelers linebackers coach and assistant coach. And we talked about it last week where it was like, look, you don't want to prevent him from getting an opportunity to move up in the league again. But this is bittersweet, Ike, because one season in Pittsburgh, to me, the key stat for Flores was solidifying the front seven. And going into this year, the Steelers were, or excuse me, this past season, the Steelers were ninth best in rushing defense compared to the previous year in 2021. They were an NFL worst. That, to me, shows the impact that he had. I can't help but wonder if the Steelers' defense regresses just a little bit this upcoming season with Flores' departure. Man, we knew Coach Flo was a, a former head coach for Miami, and we was talking all that smack about him getting rid of the picks. Little did we know, man, he was just building the whole organization from the draft. So he was letting guys go, getting rid of picks. And before you know it, Coach Mike McDaniel so far is reaping some of his benefits, to keep it honest with you. So I got to give a huge shout-out to Coach Flo uh, for not only coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers and Coach T giving him that lifeline, but at the same time, you got a former uh, head coach sitting in your sitting in the organization as an assistant defensive coordinator, linebacker coach. And you just mentioned Pittsburgh went from 32 to 9th when it came down to Russia. So Coach Flo had to have some kind of input. That's a former head coach right there. But I'm just glad he's getting back into the ranks, glad he's getting back onto the board. Now he's the Vikings, D.C. Um, coach Flo, when you talk to him, he don't really say too much. You just know he know football, you know. So <laughs> that's that's all Coach Flo. Um, we call Coach Flo. Uh, he has an interrogation face. He don't really say too much. You know, when you're getting interrogated and you're talking back to the interrogator and he's just looking at you, and he's just looking at you, and he's just looking at you. Like, I know you're lying. I know you're lying. I know you're lying. I know you're lying. That's like the personality of Coach Flo and his uh, facial expression. But just being around Coach Flo, I've been around him for a year, my first time. So it was just good to uh, listen to them talk football, listen to him evaluate players, and, and know that the Vikings are getting somebody special when it comes down to defense. Again, Mark, 32 
ranked Russian defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Coach Flo come in as an assistant DC and a linebackers coach and then go to nine. So obviously the man know a little bit something about football, but the fact that what he did for the the Miami Dolphins, oh, Miami really wasn't known to have a good defense. I mean, he stacked Xavier Howard and Xavier Howard since Coach Floating had him in five, six, nine, 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 nine. He just been pick city when it comes down to that. So um, as much as we wanted to say how good of an offense the Miami Dolphins had before that offense came along, they sure did have a damn good defense. So you got to give a huge shout out to Coach Flo because he he was the one to acquire all them draft picks and start the Miami Dolphins from the drafts. Yeah, Ike, um, and we can go and we've talked a lot about his past with the with the Dolphins as the head coach there. But to me, I also look at this move, how other teams view this move within the NFC North division. And you know that I grew up in the Chicago suburbs. I have a lot of friends and family that are Bears fans. They are mad at this move because they know that it is a good, it's going to be a defensive upgrade for a Vikings defense that was 11-0 in one-score games. The Vikings, 11 of their 13 wins came in one-score games. But also, the reason why the Vikings were looking for a defensive coordinator in the first place the Vikings finished 29th in points allowed this past season and 31st in yards allowed. It's amazing they even made the playoffs because it seemed like a, a cardiac. It almost seemed like a, a heart attack every time you watch the Vikings play this year. Remember they had that game against the Colts where they rallied down 33 points. Long-term big picture. I don't know you can have success if you don't have a more stout defense. And I think he's going to be able to bring that to the table in Minnesota but I, my point being, when I've got Bears fans in my life reaching out and I've seen it on my timelines, like, oh, man, Minnesota just got better. They just upgraded. That, to me, lets me know everything I need to know what your opponent thinks about the move. Yeah, Coach Flo, uh, he going to come in like a baseball pitcher in the ninth inning. He's the closer. So you're not going to have to have a shootout as you did once before with the Minnesota Vikings. Coach, you're going to put a ceiling on these points. A few games, maybe sometimes the ceiling might blow off the roof, but it's more games to none that he'll have, you know, the, the Minnesota Vikings defense exactly where they want to be. Um, for the past couple of years, the Minnesota Vikings, they've been getting in the playoffs. Uh, I don't think they had – I don't think they will have a defense like they will have with Coach Flo, um, especially when you have a running game like the Minnesota Vikings. And, of course, you probably got the top three uh, wide receiver in Justin Jefferson. Um, so we'll see. But I think Coach Flo, uh, that's, he's just going to put the icing on the cake, and that's putting the cap to points that the Minnesota Vikings have been allowing, especially late in the season. Yeah, I, and I also listen to the players as well. So I think about the impact that Flora's had of what other players are saying. And most telling to me wasn't even a defensive player, but it was Kenny Pickett saying, Hey, Flores helped me understand the two-minute drill, what to do in those situations, and how to put your team in a position to win late in games. So the impact he had, even in one season within the Steelers organization, extends beyond just the linebackers, beyond just the defense, beyond just the front seven. It's clear he had an impact throughout the Steelers organization. Very happy to see him get a defensive coordinator opportunity. And I reading the tea leaves. Okay, Mike Tomlin's in his 50s. He's now coached 16 seasons for the Steelers. Whenever he decides he wants to hang it up, whether that's 5, 10, 15, however long he wants to coach the Steelers, 
I wouldn't mind if the Steelers gave Brian Flores a head, uh, a shot at being a head coach further down the line because when he got fired from the Dolphins organization and he had back-to-back winning seasons for the first time in like 20 years, look, say what you want about the guy. There's no doubt in my mind he is deserving to be a head coach in this league, filed a lawsuit against the NFL. And like you said, I Mike Tomlin gave him a lifeline and credit both the Steelers and Flores for humbling himself from being a head coach in this league to saying, hey, now I'm going to work my way back up. And now he's a DC in Minnesota. Mark, damn, you might be ahead of the curve. Yeah, Lee, you might have hit it on this one. We'll talk about this in a couple of years from now. But what you just said, possibly in the next couple of years, we don't know how many years down the line. But if Coach Flo, whenever Coach T want to retire, want to put up for that head coaching job, if he don't already have one, or if he already have one, he just might be like, hell, F it. I know what this organization can do. I know the stability to this, to this organization. This is exactly why I won't be at. Be at. You called it first. You called it. You called it. I try to read the tea leaves, Ike, to where it's just like, okay, when moves happen, the question I ask myself is just like, if, if information's leaked, who's leaking the information? Who stands to benefit? Who doesn't? But then also like, what happens next? What's the bigger picture? So I'm just trying to zoom out, Ike, and see from a big picture standpoint what that would be. And Mike Tomlin, again, in his 50s, he's still young. He could do another 10, 15, 20 years if he wants to. But at a certain point, you know, you've done 16 years as the head honcho. At some point, it's like, you know, I've I've gotten everything that I need to out of this. Flores is in his 40s, Ike, so about a decade younger. And there you go. I don't know though. I don't, I don't know though, Mark. I'm saying Coach Andy Reid. Coach Andy Reid still going at it. You Belichick know? too. Belichick, Pete Carroll, them boys in their seventies, <laughs> and them boys, them boys still at, at at a high level with a lot of energy. So um, Dick LeBeau, even even though Dickie wasn't uh, a head coach once, he was an interim head coach. But you know he was in his mid seventies. And, mm-hmm. and and I know them guys always say you always want to stay busy mentally, physically. You're you're not able to do what which what you once was or what you could when you was younger. But you know if you can stay young mentally, that's it, it balances everything out. So what I do say about Coach T right now, like mentally, he's getting younger. He's evolving as a coach. He's evolving in some of his thinking. So we we shall see. I just know just learning from the old greats. They don't want to retire early. Um, they don't mind consulting when they get to a certain age. But as far as like retiring, when that's just in them, when they don't look at it as a job, when it's something they always want to do, when it's just their that their routine, it'd be hard for them guys to retire early and fit this early. Yeah, yeah, Ike, I'm with you. And you mentioned the great Dick LeBeau. Regardless of how old he was, and I loved how they they would feature him on broadcast. I remember watching games. But even when he went to Tennessee, it was like, oof, if you're going against a Dick LeBeau defense, that's going to be awfully tough for the opposing team. I, I don't care what year it was. It was just like, you know, the grass is green, the sky's blue, and Dick LeBeau's defense is going to be very, very tough to go against. Yeah, Dick is different, man. I mean, that's that's a, that's a walking angel on earth. Dick is just a totally different – he's a totally different human. He ain't even a human. He's just an angel. 
I love it, Ike. We will move on. A.J. Green retiring the Bengals' great receiver. Ike, he made seven Pro Bowls in his 12 seasons in the league. Five-star coming out of Georgia, more than 10,000 yards in his career, 70 touchdowns. Had a very, he had a great career, in all honesty, Ike. Uh, I wanted to ask you, as someone who competed against A.J. Green, what's your best story going against him during your playing career? Man, AJ just was stronger than what people think. Had a basketball body frame, um, but strong as heck. Had sneaky speed. Um, he was, he was, he was, he was Chad Johnson after Chad Johnson. I will say, just probably a little bit more stronger, more athletic when it came down to Chad. Now, far as like feet work, I haven't seen nobody feet work like Ocho. Ocho was a little bit different. Obviously, you can see he's into soccer, and he's a he's a he's an okay soccer player, but he he get he gets the job done way better. Than a majority. Um, Chad also played kicker as well when they needed a kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals. So, <laughs> but as far as like AJ Green, AJ just different, man. AJ really didn't say too much. AJ was about his business. So for me, um, I was in, I was leaning more towards out of my prime when the Cincinnati Bengals picked up AJ, and it was okay if I can. Plus, he was in the division, so I can if I can take care of AJ. You know, we know Ike still got some left. And for the majority, um, out most of the battles, I, out most of the battles I did, um, it's just when I broke my my forearm and I came back. Um, AJ beat me on the post. AJ beat me on the post, and that's when I knew, and I wasn't upset at all, Mark. So I was like, "Dang!" I said, "This, this, ain't, this, this ain't feeling right." I said, "Man, this, I'm done." And I, I went to the sideline, Coach T. You know, um, I told Coach T, um, Coach T looked me dead in my eyes and he saw I wasn't playing. Um, he got back to doing what he's doing, um, coaching, coaching the team. Halftime, he talked to me. Kevin Colbert came down from the box, asked me why I wasn't in the game. I told Kevin Colbert, um, the the former GM for the Pittsburgh Steelers, on what happened, how I felt. Uh, got back on the plane, um, got to the Monday morning meetings. Uh, and they tried to convince me that it was like, you show. I said, Coach, y'all can do whatever y'all need to do with me. This is exactly why I'm at mentally. I said, I'm no good for nobody. I'm no good for me, my family, this organization. Um, I'm playing football. I said, I feel I feel better coaching, helping y'all coaching staff, getting the young guys ready since I was hurt. And I actually feel feel being on the field. And, and that was getting beat by AJ on that post. If I ain't never got beat, I never would have had that feeling. So... Um, for me, AJ, you said seven Pro Bowls in twelve years. That says a lot about AJ. A sneaky good, a sneaky good career. You know, AJ was probably one of the toughest guys um, I went against. Of course, I handled my business, but I knew if I played AJ, I had to step my game up. A young stud in the game. I think him and Julio came out in the same draft. So, uh, for me, AJ was just a little bit different, man. He was just about his business, Mark. He didn't really say too much. You just knew the, the man was about his business, but he was stronger than what you thought it was. Don't look at the size. You know, they say it's, you know, they always say it's the fight in the dog, not the size in the dog. That was definitely um, a description of AJ. Yeah, Ike, uh, same drafts, the 2011 draft you're talking about. Let me ask you, though, that feeling you had when you got beat by AJ Green and you said you were just done at that point just mentally after your respective 12-year career, Ike, was this something that was building inside of you, or is it just something that no, happened I wasn't within upset. a snap? It, it, it hit me right now. I wasn't mad. I was like, oh, well, 
And then when I was walking to the sideline after they kicked the field goal, I was like, oh, that's not good. For me not to be upset, because how I play, I I used to make up stuff in my mind to for me to be upset. And you know how I played, if a, if a dude caught a pass on me, I was upset about that. But the fact that he caught that touchdown and I wasn't mad at all, I wasn't tripping up. I was just like, oh, well. And then that's when the light bulb came on. It was like, oh, this ain't good at all. This ain't good. I for you not to be upset. You ain't about to help nobody. So that's exactly what I did. Went to the sideline. I told Coach T and and Kevin Colbert. And um, a big shout out to Coach T and Kevin Colbert and the Rooney family. They could have let me go. They could have said, okay, cool. But um, what I wind up doing, I wind up helping the coach. I, I still practice every day. Was on the scout team. Um, helped the guys and the coaching staff. Went to all the coaches' meetings. Um, so I was like a, a, a intern slash player when it came down to helping the coaches. Um, I think I played one more game that was against the Saints. Just to see. Just to see. Um, and that that was that was the verification. Like this ain't this ain't for me. And we made the playoffs. And I remember uh, Troy asked me, bro, one one last time in the playoffs. I said, nah, TP. I said, I didn't play in too many playoffs. I didn't play in too many Super Bowls. I said, I'm gonna let the young guys get this experience. And that's when, fast forward to a couple of years later, after I retired, uh, Troy was like, that hit him when I said that. Like, damn, my dog really checked out. He really about to shut it down, you know? Um, but that's what it was, though. It, it wasn't no coming back. Then in the off season, um, I was still getting asked to play. I'm like, nah, um, I'm, I'm straight. I didn't give football everything I had. How hard was that for you? This would be my last question about this, then we'll move on to Super Bowl 57. How hard was it for you later in your career to get your body right, your mind right, compared to when you were in your prime and when you were younger and you were ready to go? How hard was that for you, say, in years 10, 11, and 12? Not at all. My body just much, pretty much stayed the same. Mm. Like I, it's it's a saying: you rather stay in shape than get in shape. So I always <laughs> in shape. So, and and, and I and I figure I was taking care. Of, I I learned my body, and I knew how to take care of my body later on in my career than I did when I was younger. So, mm. um, taking care of the body wasn't an issue. It's was just, you know, playing the style I played at that level. Eventually, it just break down, so you don't even fight it. So what Coach T, the company did, um, I like around ten, year nine to ten, they start they stopped giving me uh they start giving me less reps in practice, and preserving me for the game. So uh, that's what they started to do. So at first I fought it, then I took it in stride because I understand it helped me later on during the games on Sundays, Mondays, or Thursdays. But other than that, though. Now, I always stayed in shape, Mark. You ain't never have to worry about that. So um, that that definitely wasn't the issue. Me having my body ready was never the issue. Then then in training camp, I always, I took my reps against the young studs I thought that was up and coming. The young studs that wanted to prove they was better than me. Um, from an offensive standpoint, I took my reps against them to make sure, you know, I kept the oil changed, you know, so say mentally. So... <laughs> 
I knew how to play it. That's exactly what I did. I stayed competitive throughout the course of my career, but that's how I played it. Agent like fine wine, Ike. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Super Bowl 57, Chiefs and Eagles. Eagles are a one and a half point favorite, Ike. Uh before we get into keys to the game, let's go really quickly. There are a ton of prop bets, but the one I'm always interested in, first touchdown score, Travis Kelsey is the favorite. Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, uh, a little bit after that. I think Kelsey's a, a decent bet here, Ike, but um, what say you? First touchdown score or Super Bowl 57 between Chiefs and Eagles? I was going to say Jalen, but I'm going to roll with Miles. Mm. Last game, them boys put up four, touch, four rushing touchdowns in the playoff game. So I'm going on that. That that letting you that letting you know, hey, even though we got two thousand yard receivers, and we got a running and we got a a, a running quarterback who scored fifteen tubs rushing, we got a Miles Sanders sitting back there, who can also who who rushed for a thousand. So yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and let y'all think what y'all want to think. So if you want to pick, uh, if it's an underrated or a dark horse who I think gonna score first. I'm gonna go with Booby Miles. If you go on his IG, his name is Booby Miles. Y'all call him Miles Sanders. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Booby Miles on this one. Shout out to Friday Night Lights, Ike. I love that. I did not know that about Miles Sanders. Yeah. Uh, I'll go. With, I mean, Travis Kelsey, the favorite. You get decent odds at plus six fifty. Uh, I think he's a he's a big target too for the Chiefs. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about Travis Kelsey a little bit later in the show, Ike. So I think you bring up a great point, though, about the Eagles. Most rushing touchdowns ever by a team to this point, including regular season and playoffs, very effective at running the ball. Let's do this for both teams, and we can start with the Eagles because we're talking about Philly. The Eagles win Super Bowl 57 if fill in the blank. No, the Eagles are going to win Super Bowl 50. There ain't no if. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ain't no, ain't no, ain't, bro. The Eagles, the Eagles gonna win Super Bowl. The energy just different. Mm-hmm. They got a different energy, Mark. They got a different energy about them. And Jalen, and Jalen really is the jingle piece. You know, and and okay, y'all gonna stop us passing. We about to run the ball. They got two good running backs sitting over there with the Philadelphia Eagles, and the third one just so happened to play quarterback. So here it go again. 11 on 11. And when it's 11 on 11, and you got A.J. Brown sitting out there like Thor, you got goddamn Go-Go Gadget, a fantastic four slim, Smith sitting on the other side, and then you got the you got three out of five offensive linemen who went to the Pro Bowl. And by the way, I got a 1,000-yard running back. Man, that's hard. We ain't even talking about the defense. We ain't even going to get on the defense. I don't even want to talk about their defense because they ain't nothing but a college rotating defensive line. <laughs> that, that's all they're doing. They're rotating stars after stars after stars after stars after stars. So I ain't even going to get into that. So feel it, feel it, feel it going. It might be a blowout, bro. Why do I feel it, that way too? I, I hate agreeing with you, but I honestly, might. I'm like the way that the Eagles can beat you in a multitude of ways. I just can't it, move past because – Okay, if you want to do ground and pound smash mouth football, they got you there. If you want to go finesse, they've got the two guys on the outside. If you want to say, hey, beat us, beat us with your quarterback in the running game, they could do that with Hurts. However, you need them to beat you, they can do it. And they've demonstrated that levels. time and time and time again all season long. All, all three levels. I, I can pass on you if I want to. I can rush on you if I want to. 
And my quarterback is Jenga piece. He can run and throw. So they 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 got all three phases of the game. Um, usually a team have two out of three. You know, Tom was one out of three. But when it come down to, to Jalen and company, I'm, t- I'm telling you, but it could it could it could be a blowout. It could be a blowout. You know, yeah. so I don't, I don't know what the the Chiefs with the status at rushing defense for them. But I, I, I know the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. Um, if Coach Nick, like, hey, we're just going to run the ball 40 times this game, they're going to be geeked up. They're going to be so excited because they got that mentality. They got that grit. They got that dog. They got that mean. They got that bar fight mentality when it comes to it. So, um, my personal opinion, the Chiefs already know what Jalen can do when it comes down to passing. But when it comes down to rushing, I don't know their stat right now on the defensive side. But uh, I guarantee you Philadelphia do. And that's exactly what they're going to try to establish. <laughs> I, let me say for the Chiefs' sake, they're going to need – it for them to win, they're going to need a legendary performance from Patrick Mahomes and likely Travis Kelsey. But, you know, if Travis Kelsey is your main go-to target, if I'm the Eagles, I'm going to say, hey, hey take him out, and him one out. of the other guys has to beat you. Yep, that's 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 all Philly doing. That's all all Philly t- telling Patrick Mahomes and Coach Andy Reid. We taking Kelsey away. Somebody else got to be us. That's 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 all that's all we gonna do. And, and good luck. Yeah, and it's one of those things too, where it's like, is Mahomes high ankle sprain? What's the status of that? Because he gutted it out against Cincinnati, but. Is that any better? And you mentioned how you you say stars for the Eagles defensive line. I, I'm going to call them dogs. So when he's got a bunch of dogs coming at him and he can't move around like he normally can, like the magician we know and love with Patrick Mahomes, I question that. But he's a great player. And he's like, to me, the real X factor is what kind of performance are we going to get from him at the highest stage? Could this be his moment where we think, Okay, of all the great quarterbacks in this league, yes, he's an elite level quarterback. He's the best quarterback in the league right now. But I'm talking like all time, Ike, to where can he raise his level of play for what his team needs? But can he do that within the flow of a game too, Ike, to where he's not forcing the issue, but he's putting him his team in a position to win, to where he's not trying to do too much. Uh, you know, I remember the Super Bowl from several years back against the Buccaneers, Ike, and you were there when he had like behind the line of scrimmage close to 500 yards running around because he was trying to be a Houdini behind the line of scrimmage. And it's like, look, you can't play every playoff script, but they're going to need an epic performance from Patrick Mahomes. And Ike, I'm with you here too. The spread's one and a half favored by the Eagles. I I just think the Eagles are going to win by significantly more than that. I think at least a touchdown. Yeah, I'm saying they're going to win by 10 or more. But Wow. I mean wow. the magic the magic of Patrick Mahomes makes Patrick Mahomes. So we cannot expect um for Patrick Mahomes not to have that kind of magic. That's what makes the man so special. You know, but from from the high ankle sprain, I think now since he had the high ankle sprain, he's gonna be way much, way much more efficient or way more healthier than he once was coming off a couple of days dealing with the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati don't have the D line that the Philadelphia Eagles have, especially yep. when it comes depth as well 
But they're gonna make Patrick. They're gonna make Patrick run, throw, throw, run into his left. That's just my personal opinion. They're gonna they're gonna overload one side, and they're gonna want to see what the ankle feel like and look like, and they're gonna make him roll on, roll to his left, and see if he can throw it, crossing his body from his left. That's exact my personal opinion. That's exactly what they're gonna try to do. You saw that play against the Bengals where he came up hobbling and he wasn't even touched, but it was because of the high ankle sprain. I don't know the exact clip you're talking about, Ike, when the Chiefs were playing the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I, I, I'm just looking at it. If I'm an offensive coordinator and I and I have somebody special with that kind of magic and Patrick Mahomes and he's a little bit hobbled, I'm going to go and overload that line, man, and make that man <laughs> roll to his left and throw it from his left and see what the high ankle sprain talking about. All right, so you've got the Eagles by 10. I'll say Eagles 31, Chiefs 23 for my score prediction. I, do you want to give an exact score? No, I ain't going to give an exact score, but I got them by 10, though. All right, so you have them covering easily. Uh, Ike, where are you watching the game? That's a good question. Um, man, that's a good question. I don't even know. Like, my day, like, I don't even know what my days be looking like. So I don't even know when I'm going to watch that thing. It's still Tuesday. You still got time to figure it out. I will be watching from the WRAL newsroom. Work at Super Bowl Sunday. I'm actually very excited about that. Um, Really quickly, wanted to ask you, Ike, you played in three Super Bowls. You won two. What's the best Super Bowl story you've never told? Oh, had 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 a nice, had a beautiful reporter sitting on the sideline. For the Dallas in Dallas when we played Green Bay. And uh before the game, we was doing the uh we was we was, we was doing the salute and I shot my shot. And I got the number. And Troy Ryan Clark was like, Really? Right before the game, this what you doing? I'm like, bro, what you want me to do? I might not ever see it in the day of my life like what y'all what y'all want me to do and it was like only i swagging you only i and you can't can't deny you can't deny that swag <laughs> no no i've seen it you can't deny it like even though they be trying to fight it mark can't deny it because once you get around it <laughs> it's like oof i feel something special coming from somewhere oh that's i <laughs> I, I've well, been yeah. around you and the, your ability to make people feel comfortable. It's, it's one of a kind. And there, there you go. There's your Instagram handle too. So one of a kind. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that was, that was, that was, that was, that was it. And boy, Troy, Troy and RC just looked at me like, like for real, like right before the game, <laughs> this is right before we're about to go on the field for the first I, I would argue like that they were jealous. No, them two boys ain't never. You know, Troy, Troy, Troy. We call Troy Unicorn. How huh? Unicorn gonna be jealous? <laughs> you know, I, I gotta get, I gotta get the numbers for Troy, and throw them in a trash can. Like, like, I, I that, you. I, you know, RC. He just got the gift, the gift of gab. Hey, oh, yeah. you know, you see what he's doing on pivot. That that's always been him. Oh yeah, he ain't even got a trap. But that swag who coming from it from this way from that five oh four a little bit different. But yeah, mm-hmm. them, them, them the two Cajun tw- the Cajun twang, like yeah, that Cajun saw something special. Um, when you think of you, the Super Bowls that you played in, Ike, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Legacy. 
legacy in history forever. That's that's the first thing I think. Like it's hard, it's hard getting up. A lot of things gotta a lot of stars gotta line for you to even get there. And then it and then the book, the chapter gotta be written for you to actually win it. So for me it's legacy. And 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 oh, shout out to Howard G. Um, cigars.com. How how I be around Howard damn near every day. He like, I hey, like you just don't know the impact that you have. I said, bro, I don't really be paying attention. He was like, bro, I be sitting back and I be watching. And the more he tell me that, the more I sit back and and I say the Steelers, the Steelers organization, the Hall of Fame coaches I didn't had, the Hall of Fame players I played with and Super Bowls. I said, man, that's that's greatness in the Hall of Fame owner and the Hall of Fame coach and the Hall of Fame GM. So I just been surrounded by greatness for real. And that kind of molded and made me to to what I am today. When you just hang around a lot of great people, Paul Paul Rooney, you know, Hall of Fame owner, Kevin Colbert, he gonna wind up getting to the Hall of Fame. I already played for a Hall of Fame coach and Coach Cowell, Coach T gonna wind up getting to the Hall of Fame. Russ Grimm, Hall of Fame offensive lineman, Munchak Hall of Fame offensive lineman, Coach Dick LeBeau Hall of Fame, Coach and DB. Troy Hall of Fame, Ben Hall of Fame, Marquise Pouncey Hall of Fame, waiting on Joe Ed and, and, and Hines to get in the Hall of Fame. Casey Hampton, they sleeping on him. If you ask me who the best middle linebacker when I played, that was James Ferrier. So I, I just been surrounded around, around AB, depending on how they feel about AB, mm-hmm. regardless on how he acting, Hall of Fame. Just surrounded by greatness. <laughs> Mark, I just been surrounded <laughs> By greatness, you know. So when you just surround them people, you just pick up as much as you can from them. And I just think legacy. Like my son is a proud, a proud, a proud son. As much as I am a proud dad about my son, he's a proud son about his dad. You know, so um and that's and that's Super Bowls, you know, as Super Bowls. And and I and I flipped the switch. You know, I just wasn't a football player. Did a little bit of TV now. You and I doing podcasts, so you can put me on every level. Now I'm scout. Like I'm not just I'm not just an athlete. I'm I'm well rounded. Whatever avenue you need me to put get on, I'm gonna get on the avenue. So just drop me off in the jungle, tell me my destination, and I'll figure it out. And that's just been around the people um, who have figured it out in life, and that's greatness. Like terrific answer there, and. We've talked so many times about your Super Bowl stories, and I, I it gives me chills every time. Like the hair standing up on my arm right now. In all honesty, just listening to all of that. Ike, uh, two quick segments, and we got to wrap up the show here. We have one question for what Yins think today, where we hear from viewers and listeners. Gino writes in, "Who's your guy's long shot Super Bowl MVP picks?" You cannot pick a quarterback or a wide receiver. I think the obvious answer here would be Travis Kelsey, but anyone else that you think could win Super Bowl MVP again, it has to be a long shot, can't be a quarterback or receiver. Yeah, Miles, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick to Booby Miles. Miles, I mean, we looking at it from a fan, a fan standpoint as a long shot, but Miles really do have a huge shot to win the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and if you're going to give it to a group, you're going to give it to the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line mm-hmm. as a group. So even though they've never done that before, 
uh, I mean, never say never. But if you want to talk about a individual, yeah, I'm going to rock with Miles. Good pick, Ike. Good pick, Ike. So, Gino, there you go. I think if you put money on Travis Kelsey or Miles Sanders as long shots, you get some a decent payout. You could bet them both and still make decent coin there. Thank you for your question. If you have questions for us after the Super Bowl as well, can be Steelers offseason related, drop that in the comments. We always like hearing from fans during what Yins think. Ike, final segment of the show, the 2023 Pro Bowl was this last weekend. Look, I know that Tyler Huntley versus Geno Smith is not exactly a Pro Bowl that everyone's excited to watch, but I will say this. If they're not going to actually tackle in the game the way Sean Taylor did way back in the day, shout out to the late, great Sean Taylor, I'm okay with the seven-on-seven because it avoids injuries. You don't want to take out a guy's leg. It twists and contorts the wrong way. If it helps players avoid injury, they're having fun. There's always a little bit of a lull between the conference championship games, the week off, then you got the Super Bowl. There's always a lull during that weekend. I'm fine with this. I don't expect it to be great or anything, but I'm cool with the changes. What say you, Ike? Yeah, I mean, for the past four years at the actual Pro Bowl, it was becoming seven on seven. That's been oh, it was horrible. It was horrible to watch. So you might as well put the flag on it. You might as well go flag. Uh, football Pro Bowl 707. And if you just look at the generation for the past 10 to 12 years, you know, these 707 tournaments, shout out 24K, these 707 tournaments, you know, it's it's been a lot of, lot of exposure with the 707. So um, they they doing it right. It's going to take some getting used to mentally for a lot of fans. But um, they got all kinds of activities, you know, between the AFC and the, and the NFC when they come down to it. So, um, my mind already evolved into it. I saw it coming uh, a few years ago. Um, I knew it was going to get to this because eventually, you know, guys were just trying to protect their body anyway when it came down to the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl won the Pro Bowl like how it used to be, you know. So um, I think they did the right thing of of making it flag football. Got a lot of different events. Uh, got a few games when it comes to the 707, you know, so pretty much every quarterback get opportunity to play if needed. But, um, yeah, that's that's where we at with it, and it, it's not going to change. They're not going back to the mm-hmm. physicality no more. They're going to keep it just like this. Um, players are more involved, more evolved, more involved with the fans. So, this is exactly what it's going to be. You know, by the end of the day, it's the AFC versus the NFC, and they're going to find as, as much competition as possible uh, for the AFC and the NFC to compete in, in some sort of way without guys getting hurt. Yeah, Ike, the one competition I would love to see brought back, and they used to do this back in the day, the long toss where they'd have the quarterbacks try to chuck it as far as they can. And it's like, I want to see if a guy could throw the ball 80 yards standing. So I would love to see them bring them back. But some of the different skills, competitions, um, again, it's not supposed to be what we typically get on Sundays. And it's like, oh, you've got to wait one week until the big game for Super Bowl Sunday. And you have however many weeks. We have 18 weeks during the regular season and then all the playoffs leading up to that point. It's just like, we're spoiled. I, that's the point I'm trying to make is we're spoiled. And so many people are like, oh, the Pro Bowl is the worst thing ever. It's like, I don't expect it to be like you would a, a normal NFL game. Yeah. I mean, if people, if, like, people, if people pay attention, you knew, the, you knew this was coming from the NFL. Just like there are going to be two more other teams coming 
in two different cities. It's just if you just pay attention because the NFL understands how big the NFL is and in the United States. And it's a reason why they're playing these games out the country because they want to get worldwide with it. Um, they understand uh, how how the world views soccer, football. So, you know, the NFL, like, okay, we seeing, we seeing we already got the United States. Man, let's try to make the, the NFL worldwide. And if people paying attention to how the NFL is moving, and they're trying to make the, the NFL worldwide as well. I've got one final thought about this, Ike, and we will wrap the show. Uh-huh. We had the late, or we had the, we had the great Lee Steinberg on. He always mentions on the top 100 watch broadcasts of the year in 2022, Nielsen rating showing 82 of the top 100 watch broadcasts were the NFL, not just football. I'm not talking college football. NFL, 82 of the top 100 last year. I mean, there you go. So statistically, and you know, you know, Lee, he been in this business longer than I've been alive. So you and I both. So he 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 know he know where it's going. All you gotta do is pay attention to the Ike Taylor and, and Mark Bergershaw believe in podcast. And, and you you we it's a lot of information. You just gotta stay tuned. Ike, that's a great place to wrap. I wish you all the best wherever you decide to watch Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, thank you to you, the Believe Network, our video producers over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, uh, producers Yancy and Megan behind the scenes. Today's presenting sponsor of the Believe in Steelers show, betonline.ag. Got all of your NFL gambling needs for this Sunday. So check them out. And I want to thank the listeners and the viewers of today's show. Thanks for taking the time to tune in and watch. Yeah, big shout out to betonline.ag, Brinks TV, Miss Courtney and their crew. Uh, believe him, still this podcast. Big shout out to you, Mark, as well. Make sure y'all tune in. Give us a five-star rating review. Thanks. Thank everybody for tuning in and listening to us. Love y'all. Peace. All right, Taylor. I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for watching the Believe in Steeler show. We'll see you next week. Enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. Until then, take care. And so long, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.